And welcome back, fourth and long fans. It's your footy correspondent, Coach Donnie Hess here, back with another episode in my Aussie supporter series. And today, ladies and gentlemen, I have Mr. Brian Arbuckle. Brian, how are you doing, sir? Oh, very well. Thank you, Coach. Great to see you and meet you. It is great to meet you, sir. We met through Twitter. And uh, today, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to have a sit down and have a nice talk about footy. But before we get into the footy talk, I, I like to kind of find out a little bit about the person I'm chatting with a little bit outside of the game of footy. So if you want, just give me a real quick bio of who you are. Yeah, um, well, I'm West Australian uh, bred, basically, and uh, moved to Melbourne about eight years ago, but uh Grew up in Fremantle, or to be specific, because of rivalries, East Fremantle as opposed to South Fremantle. So we've got to keep that clear. Um, so, yeah, obviously Fremantle's in my blood, and I've seen the city grow from a, a working uh, container ship town sort of thing. America's Cup came along in the in the 80s, and money was spent, and Freo's just blossomed since. So it's definitely in my blood. Uh, yeah, moved to Melbourne for a little bit of a lifestyle change um, and it worked out perfectly because footy is so big, as you know, over here uh, in Melbourne. So access to many games a weekend is a, is a bonus where in Perth there's only one game a weekend and it's very hard to get a walk-up ticket. So in Melbourne, being a neutral person from outside of Victoria, I can go to any game I like and not feel like... Uh, I'm crowding anybody. So it's, it's been good. It's, and I love it over here. It's a very good footy town and great place. Except for the weather. The weather's better in Perth. <laughs> That's fantastic. I was going to say, it's probably a little bit of a culture shock a little bit with the, with the change in, in weather compared to Perth compared to Melbourne. So being, being a footy supporter, I got to ask, what's your favorite thing about the sport of football? Uh, it's... Um, well, I, yeah, I see. I've grown up with footy from when my dad, who sadly passed last year, we would go to the footy every home game back in the waffle days, way before AFL. So from about I don't know five or six, I can remember, and it's just been this um, part of your life. With uh, um, it's sort of hard to describe. It's, it's a community without. Um, the bad stuff of community. Like everyone's got the same focus on footy, no matter what your colour is. It's all about uniting. And um, at the end of the day, we're all good mates and the community's better for it. And um, it's just a, it's just great to belong to something and, and feel like you can support it in a thousand different ways, your, your team. So it's something really concrete into your lifestyle if you're into football that way. I completely agree. Even being over here in the States, you just, you, you fall in love with the sport. You fall in love with everything about it. It's the community, the, the rivalries, the, the, the tension and all of that is absolutely fantastic. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to ask here, can you remember your earliest footballing memory? Um, you yeah, were well, going back to, as I say, when my dad used to take me to the football, um, we lived uh, two streets away from East Fremantle's home home ground so every second Saturday uh, mum would cook meat pies at home uh, we'd watch the Elvis Presley movie because it was like on every Saturday afternoon and then we'd walk up to the football uh, dad would disappear into the mem uh, members area uh, and I would just run around the rest of the footy stadium well, uh, ground mixing with a whole lot of other kids kicking footies watching the footy and that was that was a routine for 
of my childhood. So every home game, which is basically every second week, the same routine. Mum and cook pies, Elvis movie, Dad and me off to the footy. He'd give me my 50 cents to go and get a bag of lollies or a Coke or something, you know, and, and I'd come back and check in with him at quarter time, half time, and then meet him after the game, after my little adventures running around the place. So, uh, and that's where, you know, the love of footy started. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now the people that are watching the YouTube video, they kind of already know, but I, I got to ask for the podcast people, what's your club and, and why is it that you support them? Uh, Fremantle. Uh, but it's everything. Uh, well, we were Fremantle football uh, savages, I guess. Um, I was East Fremantle and you're either East Fremantle or South Fremantle. Now, uh, newcomers to AFL will know rivalries like West Coast Fremantle and the Sydney teams and, you know, Essendon Collingwood. But back before AFL, when Waffle was an equally strong competition, the Derbies, East versus South Fremantle, that is um, that was a rivalry no one could really understand unless you were there. Um, and I guess the best example of that, and it is on YouTube, the 1979 grand final between East and South Fremantle. Uh, it was as passionate as it gets. That was my first grand final and I was sitting right on the fence behind the goals with all my East Fremantle kids, you know, my friends. Um, and then after half time, a big blue uh, broke out. You know, it was fierce. That was the rivalry is, it was raw then because there was punching and all that stuff that's not picked up on there was no video cameras to get reported like they are now. And it was, it was serious rivalry. Um, and yeah, that that's just passion. And that's let, what led me into Fremantle being into, and that's where the South and East Fremantle people have sort of come together to support one Fremantle team, but there's still that, uh, so you're a South Fremantle or you're an East Fremantle sort of person, but together and being South of the river, that's also the other divide in, in WA. Because north of the river is basically west coast and south of the river is generally known as Frio, although, you know, people will cross the boundaries, but it's, it's, there's, there's lines drawn. That, that's fantastic. Uh, and you said your, your family is, is primarily, I mean, I know that the, there's the massive rivalry between the two. Has there any been, been anybody in the family that's found their way to supporting a different club, maybe even west coast? I mean, I know that can be fighting words for some people. Um, well, the truth, truth be told, um, before Fremantle, as West Australians, we did follow West Coast. But when, if you're a Fremantle person, you got your own team. Um, but one of my brothers going back earlier, he, we were all East Fremantle supporters in the family, but his godfather was a South Fremantle supporter. So he became the black sheep of the family, the only South Fremantle person. And South Fremantle was also red and white. I don't know if you're if you know that. Um, very I think much I did hear swans. that. Yeah, so, um, which my dad is actually a Swans, uh, well, South Melbourne fan, or what year it was. Um, but yeah, my, my little brother here, he, he switched just because his godfather was South Fremantle. Um, so he was the black sheep of the family in that point. But otherwise, we were all in the, in the family Freo people. Mum was Essendon growing up as a girl because she they're from Victoria. Um, again, came to free, you know, join Fremantle and because that's where we lived. Uh, that's that's hey, that's to each their own. Everybody has a different way of finding their club. I absolutely love it. So, so let's go back a little bit. Can you remember the first 
Fremantle item that you ever were given or bought? Um, well, I started, well, I was working in a sports shop from mid eighties, uh, yeah, mid eighties for about 15 years. So when we got our merchandise gear, that's where I bought my first band gear. Um, I bought my, the first thing I really bought that was, um, of significance was, uh, a match worn jumper by Stephen O'Reilly, our fullback, um, from 95. You know, one of the first jumpers I bought it at an auction and signed, you know, that was my first step into something for me and about the club and, and started the culture from that sort of thing. But I, I used to buy a lot of stuff through the work, <laughs> through work, you know, polos and shorts and jumpers and stuff. So, um, that, that's, yeah, that that's, was my first really. That that's fantastic, and, and you always got to support. Like, not always easy for me over here in the states to get a hold of Sydney stuff. You gotta you gotta pay for it. Or you gotta hope that you can get through the right right ways. So so that's awesome that you were able to get a hold of that stuff. So, um, I'm one of those again. I, I've stated it to many people that watch this that I'm I'm a diehard. I wake up early to watch the games early in the, but I I, I like hearing people describe their fandom because nobody fans the same way. Nobody supports the same way. So is there any way you could describe to me how your your passion or your your fandom for the Fremantle Footy Club? Uh, well, uh, while I was living in Perth, you know, basically went to every game and. Uh, for the last few years before I moved, I was 200 kilometres south of Perth. Um, so I'd do a 400k round trip for every home game, which I think is about 250 miles in your language. Around, um, around that, so, around that. It's close. Yeah, all, all, and that's in a day. So, you know, a couple of hours driving, five, three, four hours at the footy, and then a couple of hours home. Um, now, obviously, in Melbourne, we don't get a lot of games in Melbourne. Uh, so it's a lot of TV watching. I'm a, I'm a nervous watcher. Um, unless we're 15 goals up in the last quarter, I'm never comfortable. Um, and I, I would be a terrible coach, I think, because I couldn't make uh, the hard calls on players because I always try and find the good things in the players even when they're not playing well. So I'm a very nervous watcher. And sometimes I think I'm jinxing my team by watching. So it's it, and it's only when it's over that I take a breath and go, oh, thank God for that. So... Um, I, I, yeah, it's right. I know the feeling I you are not the first person that I've ever heard that said that it's like unless we're 15 goals up I'm not comfortable it's it's that is that's awesome and, and I appreciate that because there is so much passion to it and I, I appreciate that I know for me sometimes you do take a deep breath when you're two goals up and there's only there's six minutes left you're like oh my god is this going to be close so it's always kind of fun but it it keeps you alive in my personal opinion oh, yeah. it keeps you alive yeah. so I'm, I'm one of those unfortunately now that you're back in melbourne you, you, you i know that you started off in frio can you remember the first ever frio game that you attended i know frio is a relatively newer side uh what was the first frio game that you attended um, well, I, was, I was talking to my mate about this the other day and we couldn't remember our first home game um, because our first game we ever played was actually in Melbourne against Richmond. And uh, I'm a Harbour Master, which is a foundation member of Fremantle. And they organised a function at the Fremantle Jail, which was a tourist, turned into a tourist destination type of thing. So they had a big screen for us members to go in. That was the first game I remember actually watching and that was an away one and being in Fremantle jail, which is like 150 years old or something. 
um, real Fremantle heritage. And that's the one I, I remember mostly, even though we lost it, but it was our first game, first time we could wear our colours and, and you know, we had arrived and, uh, and we've gone on ever since. Fantastic. And, and it's great to find people that are foundation members. Like you, you're, you're, you're not the first one. I have another, my GWS fan that I'm going to chat with is also a foundation member. So it's really cool to have that connection. I mean, you have this little piece of history that not everybody has, especially with some of the older clubs in Melbourne that are hundred, 150 years old, those foundation members, unfortunately, they're, they're no longer here, sadly yeah. to say. So I know this, this is never an easy question for some people because it's almost like choosing your favorite child. Do you have a favorite player of the past and do you have a favorite player currently on the Dockers list? Well, I've heard you ask this question to a couple of the other ones. It's, um, oh, it's a, it's a tricky one. It's, um, because seeing the players from day one when we were new and, and they were giving everything into a new competition, a new team, um, but it's pretty hard to go past like this this guy here, Matthew Pavlich. Pavlich. Um, he, he's basically one of the. Uh, I mean, he he could have left our club a lot of times and gone back home to South Australia, but he stuck it out 360 games, uh, and despite not winning a flag, but he stuck with us. And for that alone, I admire him as one of our greats. Um, current day. Uh, well, we all know how good Nat Fife is, but uh, there's a lot of the young kids. I'm seeing some really good signs um, and progression in there. So I'd, the current crop, I don't have a, a favourite. They're all sort of a favourite, making um, the team quite a favourite rather than singling one out. David Money's probably the other guy whose longevity has been amazing. Um, but I have to throw that in because my mate Juddy loves him to bits. So, uh, yeah. You got to tip your cap to Mundy to continue to play all these years and so many games under his belt. I, I respect him and the fact that he got so many votes this last year in the Brown Note. Like I tip my hat to him. Keep playing Dave Mundy. It's incredible to keep him playing. I hope he can get to 400. I really do. That'd be fantastic yeah. if he could. We'll have to see if his body holds up, but he's a heck of a footballer and he was, he was a joy to watch in those, in those free out games. So I know, again, it hasn't been a long time for the Frio history and unfortunately haven't had the, have, haven't had the, the taste of a flag yet. I'm hoping very soon for you. What's your most memorable moment as a Frio Docker supporter? Uh, well, when I moved to Melbourne, it was the end of 2012 and 2013 was when we made our first grand final. So that was that was quite a memorable thing, even though we didn't get the job quite done on at the time. But um, being a Fremantle supporter, now living in Melbourne, the grand final was here. Seeing the Purple Army travel across the Nullarbor, um, meeting up at Federation Square, it was such a magical day. Um, but one of the things that was really cool about that day is talking to retailers and pub owners and cafe people. They love the Fremantle supporters have come over. They said we, as a unit, um, polite, thankful, grateful, um, and really showed Fremantle in its best light, you know, which was a big thing for business owners to say, your members are really cool. You know, that they're the nicest people. There was no arrogance about us. And, um, so that was a, ma that was a magical day. Um, and then 
as a single game, are probably beating Richmond and Collingwood with the last kick in both of those games two years in a row. And again, if you're an interstate supporter in Melbourne, you're in the minority at the ground, but all of a sudden you sound like the loudest part of the ground because uh, the Victorians don't like it too much when you beat them, especially with a kick after the siren. Um, but they were, they, were some, they were two really good days. It was almost like winning a grand final. Fantastic. Darn you, Hawthorne. You, you, you had to ruin, you had to ruin such a great moment. It's, I, I, it's so fantastic. And, and, and the fact that Frio keeps finding a way to get, to win games after the siren, especially at the MCG is, is fantastic. I, I always get a kick out of those games, especially when you, you beat a Collingwood team that nobody expected you to beat. So those, those are really, really good moments. So I, I, I hate these ones here when I, when I talk to some of these people because I know last year wasn't the greatest season in the world. And, and uh, my, my heart goes out to you, sir. You had to be one of the most snake-bitten teams in the entire competition last year. So so really quickly, I mean, injuries aside, what were your thoughts on last year? I mean, did you see the positive signs with this young group kind of growing up together and Dave Mundy having a season like no other for a while? Or was it kind of disappointing because there were some people talking Frio potentially as the finals team? Um, no, I think I think it was a quite a, a good solid year. It's pro- I'm probably uh, the most optimistic I've been about a squad for a while. Like if we've got you go through the phases every five years. You go, oh, we've got a good nucleus here, but this one feels a little bit different again. Um, there's some really good quality kids in there. Uh, Justin Longmuir, who's a Fremantle player, is back at the helm, so that it sort of that feels right as well. Um, there's a lot of good stuff being done off field um, with community stuff, so the club itself feels really good. But the the nucleus of the of the kids, well, they're not really kids, that but our young players, um, they all look good. We just need a little bit. They need a bit of luck with the injury, so they can get consecutive games in because they'll play two games, do a hammy or something. And the progression gets stalled, um, and so and that's for all players and all clubs. I mean, you, you've got to have a little bit of luck with the injury thing, and hopefully, we're getting through our bad luck and get some consistency game, consistent games into these these guys. Yeah, I completely agree. Like, if I I honestly believed going into this year, if you didn't have the injury issues you had, I think Frio was a, was a finals team legit they played such a great style of footy good defensively they got their youngsters going and i'm not even going to lie to you everybody talks about grundy everybody's going to talk to you about gone darcy is one heck of a rock i'm not even going to lie that guy was so much fun to watch for a guy with his size to be able to have the stamina conditioning and then still the ability to do what he does at the size he is that's incredible so you guys re-signing him that was a great bit of business for you it stinks losing chera but i think frio had a really good off season kind of what were your thoughts on their off season are you, are you excited yes you lose chera but you've got some really good talent coming in to the purple to the purple and white this year yeah it, yeah the re-signing is definitely good chera you know it's sad to see see him go but um We've, I think we've got enough, we're building depth that we can cover for players like that. Um, the draft and, you know, this sort of trading thing, I'll sort of take it, I'll take a little bit of notice of it, but I'll sort of wait to see, you know, once everything settles down, we see some forms some training and we'll look at it next year when the when the season starts, we'll see who's in the, who's in line to have a crack at it. Um, 
but I try not to get too sucked into all the, the media frenzy in Melbourne on breaking news stories and who's going here and there. It's like does my head in sometimes. So I try to steer clear of the rumours of media footy. But um, so well, I just yeah, just watch, see what happens. We've got some good um, picks coming up. We've got some high numbers or some early picks. So there's a lot of young guys around and our WA kids might feature pretty heavily um, in this draft because they've been they've been able to play quite a bit of footy over the last two years with Victorian footballers haven't because of lockdown. You know, the young kids have missed whole seasons in some cases. Um, so I think there's a lot of talk coming out of WA of our young guys, which will be yeah. good to see. And that'll be and that'll be good too. And the best part is your your teams will have that great look on that. So you're going to have some nice. It'll be fun. It'll be a fun draft period for sure. So, I'm I'm never one to say expectations because sometimes I think it sometimes comes as a negative connotation. Like you expect them to do something, and again, the season is a crapshoot. You never know. Injuries last year can ruin teams. So. What are your thoughts going into this year? Do you have expectations? Are you always kind of that optimist? I think we'll have a good year, but I don't want to say finals. I don't want to say top four. I want to say good season. Um, no. I'm, well, as you said, like this year, we we had the potential to probably make the eight. Um, but, you know, things didn't go right or we had a bad day when we shouldn't have. But I think all things being equal, next year I'm, I'd be aiming for, for the eight. And remember, Justin Longyear, like his first season last year, it was all lockdown and based on the East Coast. So he's going to have a full-time job back in Perth as per normal. So he'll feel better for that. Um, but I'm thinking top eight. Uh, to go to narrow down to top four, top two stuff, um, that's down the tr- that'll take care of itself. You can't win a flag unless you're in the eight to start with um, or play finals. So, but that... Uh, having said that, every other team's going to have a crack at it too, and um, it's going to be tight. It's going to be another tight season, I think, like like this year. Um, it's just going to be who can stand up on the day at the end of it. But yeah, I'm pretty happy that we might make it. So, but we just got to get it right. It'll be fun. I've, as I've said in a couple episodes, I think there's 10 to 12 teams that could make the finals next year. I think the finals competition is going to be insane. Because Yorma, Melbourne, Western, Sydney, GWS, Carlton, keep an eye on them. Richmond could be interesting with Dusty coming back and all their draft picks. Uh, I mean, it is scary. Geelong's going to be there. How does West Coast do? I know the evil, the evil twin, the evil other side of 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 Perth. And it, but I'm I'm very fascinated on next year. Like I can't wait for next season to come up already. Yeah. So um I know you've listened to the episodes. You already, you've heard this question, but I, I, I love this question because I think it's a lot of fun. I'm going to install you as the list manager of the Frio footy club. As we speak, the other 17 clubs are completely open. You can get any player you want. Who's the first player that you want and why? Uh, this, this has been a great question. I've gone through lists. Um, I, I, I sort of can't go past dusty. There is just something about him. Like, uh, he's he's a solid guy. He can run, but what we needed at Freo is that guy who can finish and kick the goals because goal kicking is probably what really hurts this year. And he would be the sort of guy we don't need him to be in and under because we've got those guys. But he can he can run, go down forward, and he does kick the goals. So that's the sort of guy 
we'd sort of like. That's a scary midfield. Think of, think about that as having Fife and Dusty both both either in the midfield or in forward. That's that's a scary scary combination there. Oh man, um, I, I'm very interested on this this next one because being Perth born but living in Melbourne now, the last two seasons the grand final has not been in on Victorian soil. It hasn't been in the MCG, been in the Gabba, and been in lovely Optus Stadium. I, I've been fascinating to hear the, the change of, of thought process, even by Victorian media on maybe the grand final should be a traveling grand final. It shouldn't just be at the MCG. So it makes me think as, as a person that now lives in Melbourne, do you like MCG and needs to be tradition or do you kind of like the talk now that maybe potentially you could see the grand final be a traveling grand final? Uh, well, I think Perth did an amazing job this year and being that uh that twilight nighttime sort of feel i think that was the best presentation of a grand final um, and i'm hoping they do a twilight back here in melbourne because there is something about nighttime football I and mean, we play a lot of nighttime football through the year so it shouldn't be an issue um it's the capacity i guess 100,000 people at the g there's five million people here in melbourne um so even if you can't get into the grand final itself in Melbourne, it's the best place to be going to every pub in Melbourne because it, it feels like you're there anyway. Um, Perth, because it's a limited population of what, two and a half million or something, I think the size of the stadium is about right at the moment, but we need to get more people into the stadium. So yeah, I don't mind the once every five years idea. I think that's quite good and it helps spread the game, provided you can get enough people into the, into the grounds. And we've got to think about the Victorians who would want to travel as well, um, which is normally reversed when interstate is coming, but at least there's a ch better chance of getting a ticket. So, yeah, I don't mind, but yeah, I was very proud of my hometown and that's a great state. If you ever get a chance to, when you get to Perth, go and have a look at it. It's, um, it, it, they, they did it well. It's a beautiful spot. Oh yeah. I it, absolutely. Fantastic stadium. Uh, I have a few, I have a few people that I've met through, through this podcast and others that live in Perth that have, extended the offer the fun part of be getting over to perth i know it's not no it's not cheap but i i want to I, I i really really want to if i need to take a month off to be able to travel australia i would love to do that so um as i've said I, i'm a huge aflw supporter i started doing aflw reviews last year i mean for you do you keep an eye on the aflw and if so i mean how proud are you and how good have the frio docker ladies been oh yeah Definitely this year, I, I really wound up the um, interest in the in the girls, and they had a really good year, but just faltered towards the end. But um, it was it was great. It was um, we've got some good talent there. Um, I even bought seven of their match worn jumpers this year from the girls. So really jumping on in on the support side of that. Um, it's been good and you've seen the steady increase in skill levels now that they're getting some attention like as a club you know with training and all the stuff that the guys have had for 100 years they're getting all the that treatment and they're, they're getting better and the young girls are now got their pathway coming through junior footy and we, so we're going to see that skill blossom even further um once the, all the young kids have been playing for a lot longer in junior levels start coming through. So it's going to be good. And 
you've got to treat it as its own competition and not compare it to a men's competition, which some of the naysayers try and compare it to. But it's a different, it's their own game. Appreciate it for what it is, I think. I 100% agree. And my favorite argument to the naysayers, I go, um, I said, were you back in 1900 when the league was seven years old, when the when the VFL was 100 years old? Trust me, the skill level was probably about the same. I don't think I'm jumping off too big a limb here. So calm down, people. As more and more of these girls are playing from three, four, and five, like the boys have for so many years, I think the skill is going to get better and better and better. They're not going to have to need the intersport people, the basketballers, the rugby players. They're going to get footy girls that have played footy and footy only. So I, I'm I'm super excited that the competition will go to fully 18, not this year, but next year. So my beloved Swans will join. I'm already a foundation member for the for the Swans girls team I, I take very much pride in that that I, I was able to to secure that even over here in the states so i'm super looking forward to it the women's season should be absolutely fantastic i cannot wait and i'm hoping frio gets a chance to win a, a, a flag this year because i think they've got an incredible list on the ladies side for sure so i like to have a little bit of fun towards the towards the end of this just just fun fun question so when you do go to the footy i got what, what's your go-to food when, when you go to a game Oh, it's probably no surprise. The easiest thing is a meat pie, you know, because you can have the pie in one hand and the beer in the other and not have to worry about holding a burger together or something like that. Um, and it's just easy. And that's pretty much as simple as it is. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. I, I, I've been told I've been told it's something that you got to do when you go to the footy. I, I'm, I'm going to when I get there for absolute sure. I'm not a big drinker, but I will definitely have a beer because it's the Aussie way. I got to do it. If you're if you're, hey, yeah. if you're in Australia, if you're in Sydney, you're in Melbourne, you got to do what the Aussies do. So um, I'm one of those because I haven't had the shot to see it. I, I'm trying to get a little bit of a database on where the best place to watch a game is in the stadiums, the MCG, SCG. Where's your ideal place to go to watch the footy? Oh, well, the, my membership, which I still have in Perth, I've, I've kept that going even though I can't get there. We're um, between the 50-meter arc and the square on the wing um, and about eight rows back from the fence. is so slightly elevated but close enough to watch um and hear the sounds uh here in melbourne um me and my mate we generally sit with the cheer squad behind the goals um you know strength in numbers of purple and stuff um but one thing i do recommend to everybody is if you get a chance to watch at least one game from the fence level that first row and watch it from that angle because on the tv it's elevated camera angles you go why didn't he see him there's space over there and how did the up miss the free kick? But when you're watching it at eye level, you can see, no wonder he couldn't see that guy over there or the umpire miss that because it's so busy. Uh, it's easy to criticise from an elevated viewing platform, but when you're, when you're watching it at ground level, I don't know how the players find each other half the time, but it's something I recommend and it gives you greater understanding. No, I completely agree. And I kind of I have this I have the same thing a little bit when I coach is that sometimes when the ball is on the other side of the field, it's not always easy to see the different the different situations that some of the guys go through. So there is times they come into the the, the group and I'm like, what did you see there? Because I, I want to know how they how they saw it. So yeah, I completely yeah. agree. I want I want to do one on the ground level, even if I, I'm not 
I'm not a trash talker, so I'm not going to give any of the players a spray. I'm not going to do that. I'm, I'm going to sit there and enjoy the footy. If a footy comes near me, I'll make sure make the catch and handball it correctly. So yeah, our, yeah. As, as I've said in several of the episodes, this, this is a channel that is primarily based out of the States, NFL, different things like that. But I, I always see there's the occasional American that will click on the video and, and take a look. So in case an American has clicked on this and has watched this video and is very interested, could you give me just really quickly a quick pitch on why a U.S. Uh, a U.S. fan should be a Fremantle supporter? Uh, it's pretty easy for me to. Uh, it's culture. Um, we've got 50 plus thousand members for a team that hasn't won any silverware. Um, and I alluded before some of the stuff we're doing off field, you know, like with Starlight Foundation with seriously ill kids and things like that and the community stuff. Um, our indigenous programs are, are fantastic. I think we've got the record of seven indigenous players in one team at one time, um, which was also the theme of the jumper this year. So I think our culture, um, uh, as I say, we, we try, everyone's given their all and we haven't really won anything. So wait till we win that first flag and then we get everyone else jumping on as well, but get in early and you'll appreciate the passion. I completely agree. If you get a chance and you do not have a club, a Frio is a really good one because I think they've got a list that could do it very, very soon if they can stay healthy. So the last question I ask in this chat is I just love the answers because you you never know what you're going to get. Favorite game of footy that you've ever watched, whether it's Frio, whether it's somebody else, and then whether TV doesn't matter, what's your favorite game of footy that you've ever seen? Uh, I, I reckon it's when we went down to Geelong in 2013 and beat them in the final. Um, considering Geelong always want their games at home because they feel like they're ripped off if they've got to play in Melbourne. and uh, But no one gave us a chance to beat them on the home deck down there, and we did. Um, that was probably one of the best games. And then that got us into deep into the grand final, so... That, for me, is probably one of the best victories and games that I've seen. It's probably really biased because it's still for my team, but, um, no, nah, loved it. To each a, to each his own. I, I, I will openly say when I, when I did my favorite grand finals, I, I was a little bit of a homer, and it wasn't intentional, but it was because it was one of my favorite games. That was 2012, Hawthorne v. Sydney. One of my favorite games I've ever watched. What an incredible game. Back and forth champagne footy is such a great match it, it, you just you find a connection it's hard to argue and occasionally you'll get somebody like i did an interview where they were a carlton supporter and they picked the 2018 grand final between west coast and collingwood there was a little bit of because that west coast beat collingwood so you had to laugh a little bit but that i love that because you just never know what people are going to say you never know what is that game that they're like this is my favorite game i've ever seen so and footy is one of those you just never know. It could be a blowout. It could be a kick after the siren. You just never know. So um, I this has been an awesome conversation, Brian. To, to hear your history and to be a to be a Perth transfer over to Melbourne is probably always an interesting. But the fact that you still support your club, you're still right there for it. I think that is fantastic. So please keep it up. It's been a fantastic conversation. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh, great to meet you, coach. Take care.
Awesome. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode in my Aussie supporter series. More are coming. We're getting down to the end. Only a few more left. Keep an eye out. They're coming thick and fast. Brian, have a wonderful day. That will be it for us. We'll see you again sometime very soon.